Welcome to the Birth Lounge Podcast, an empowering space for expecting and new parents to hear candid conversations with experts, support your mental health, and learn the tips and tricks that thousands of parents have used to craft their ideal birth. We will answer all of your questions, the scary ones and the weird ones, to help calm your fears and feel confident going into your birth. I'm going to help you redefine what birth and motherhood looks like and how to embrace your journey. I've intentionally crafted an amazing list of experts to help you navigate pregnancy, explore your birth options, and plan for postpartum so it can be a time of soaking in your tiny human. We're going to go there on all the hard topics so that you can dive into finding your confidence and freeing yourself from fears around childbirth. With almost 10 years of experience in family education and a master's degree in human development and family studies, I created this podcast as a way to share information so parents can make educated and informed decisions about their care during pregnancy and childbirth. This is a birth community driven by evidence-based information and research in hopes to help you explore your options, understand your rights, and know what choices you have along the way. I'm your host, Hee Hee. Now let's get to the good stuff. Hello, hello, hello. Happy, happy Tuesday, you guys. Welcome to another episode of the Birth Lounge Podcast. It is another week. How are you feeling? What'd you do this weekend? You have so much to catch up on. This episode is going to be an episode that every pregnant person wants to tune into. So if you are pregnant, Congratulations, you're in the right place. If you know a pregnant person, please pause right now and share this episode with them. And if you have somebody who is postpartum, same thing. Please pause and share this episode with them, you guys. This episode, we're going to be talking about our bodies in a way that I bet you've never thought of them. You're going to see me kind of talk through things and come to realizations that I've never thought about before. I have my good friend Kayla Mayer on, and she's a fitness instructor here in Boston who specializes in prenatal and postnatal fitness. You guys, Kayla A is a mama, and at the time of recording this, she is pregnant with her second baby. She is so good at motivating you to work out and explaining to you exactly why we're doing this for your pregnancy, for your birth, for your baby, to get your blood blood pumping, to keep your oxygen up, to strengthen your core, to propel your, prepare your pelvic floor for birth. I'm so excited to dive into this with Kayla because these are conversations she and I have had a ton. I'm also a frequent guest in her um, in her fitness groups talking to these pregnant women who are in her workout groups preparing to have a baby and we dive into what you can expect in L&D and pain relief measures and how to prevent tearing and the role that your partner can play and what you should know about inductions and c-sections and how to prevent breech babies we kind of dive into it all not only does Kayla you know provide that fitness but she also gives you that community and she gives you those experts that you can really draw from 
to create that village that you need to have that really amazing experience. Oh, okay. I'm done talking. I want to stop blabbing because I just really want you to meet Kayla and hear everything that she has. So let's dive in. All right, if you are pregnant and wondering how to safely move that bump of yours, I'm so excited to introduce you to my good friend and personal trainer, Kayla Mayer. She is the founder of Your Fit Mom. She's a pre and postnatal corrective exercise specialist in Boston, and she began her fitness career over a decade ago when she successfully transformed her own lifestyle and lost 30 pounds. She began teaching group fitness, small boot camps, and doing personal training. But then she obtained numerous fitness and nutrition certifications, including varying pre- and postnatal certifications. Now, you can't go in Boston anywhere without knowing someone that knows Kayla Mayer if they have had a baby and are into fitness. Kayla has taken over the Boston market and I am so honored to not only have her as a friend but also to have her in our circle that serve a lot of the same clients that we do and she's one of our experts in the birth lounge. Every month in the birth lounge I have on an expert and Kayla is our June 2020 expert talking about all the ways that you can prepare your pelvic floor for birth and how you can recover safely after your baby gets here. Kayla, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to have you on to talk today. I think this is going to be such a good topic for a lot of people because there's so many mixed messages when it comes to fitness and pregnancy and your routines before, but even, you know, should you work out during pregnancy? I think no matter where you turn, there's going to be an opinion and, and, you know, first time moms, especially, but I think second and third and fourth time moms too as well, they don't know where to turn. And so that is why I could not wait to have you on the show today because I think you have not only the science to show why we do these things, but your mom yourself, you have been here. Um, you know, I'm excited. Okay, so let's dive in. Before we dive into my questions, can you tell us a little bit about who you are? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so I am originally from Rhode Island. I'm a personal trainer and a pre and postnatal corrective exercise specialist. Uh, so a little just quick backstory about kind of how I got into this. Um, I was always very active growing up and I loved working out and eating healthy, but I kind of struggled with my own weight. Um, and so after learning smarter ways of working out and um, learning a lot about nutrition, I was able to lose about 30 pounds. And that's really where my passion for health and fitness stemmed from. And friends and family started asking me for help. I loved helping other people meet their goals and motivating people being in the gym all day long. So I said, okay, how do I make a career out of this? And I got certified to be a group fitness instructor first and then went into small boot camps and then eventually one-on-one -on -one training. After college, I actually moved to California and was working at Equinox in West Hollywood there for a few years. And it was an awesome learning experience. I got my first pre and postnatal certification there, as well as many other certifications. Um, but I wasn't really surrounded by pre and postnatal clients at all in West Hollywood. Um, it wasn't until I moved back to the East Coast, I started working at a woman's only gym in Boston. And that was completely different. I'm, I was now surrounded by pre and postnatal clients on a daily basis. Um, and I started to notice a few common things. 
many times when women are pregnant, they either stop working out altogether because they're not really sure what to do during pregnancy and, and out of fear of harming them or their baby, they stop and decide to pick back up afterwards. Um, I also notice some women just continue, you know, with doctor's advice to stay healthy and fit, they continue doing the same thing they've always done without making the necessary modifications. And it's great to work out, but it is important to make sure that we're making the changes that we need to and modifications. So both ends of that are kind of doing themselves and their babies a little bit of a disservice. So it's important to work out, yes, but we want to just make sure that we're accommodating our um, workouts and modifying them accordingly to our changing bodies, to our babies, our growing babies, and just making sure that everything is super safe to protect our core and our pelvic floor and getting us ready for labor and for recovery as well. And so that's really where um, I started to notice that you know, the information out there is super confusing. It can be conflicting, um, misleading, and, and there's just a huge need for this information to all these moms. And so I started to dive in and do a ton of research. I actually got another pre and postnatal certification. Um, I started interviewing doctors and nutritionists, moms, other um, practitioners, and I decided to really devote my career to this. So after I got pregnant in 2017 with my son, I structured my entire business around working with pre and postnatal women. And so I really love to help educate them on how to safely and effectively work out during and after pregnancy um, to give them the best chance that they have for a healthy pregnancy, a um, a better labor and delivery, and then a faster recovery. So that's a little bit, I know I kind of just talked your ear off for a few minutes, but that's a little bit about how I kind of fell into, um, you know, working with moms primarily. And it's just, it's super rewarding. I feel, you know, so connected. I can relate to all of my clients um, on a personal level. And it it's fun, um, but I feel like I'm really helping a lot of women. I love to help educate them and just give them guidance and direction around how to take care of themselves and their babies throughout their pregnancy and postpartum. I love that so much. That's like my kind of intro. I'm like, all right, first off, here's where my story started. It's all really important. And something that came up for me during that is you talked about your education and how you've devoted your career to this and how, you know, you really studied the differences between, um, I guess, just humans that aren't pregnant and humans that are pregnant and humans who have, you know, had a baby. How do you spot that in, I feel like there's, along with all of the conflicting information, mm -hmm. there's tons of misinformation because there are, t there are tons of people out there who are not qualified, who actually haven't done all of this due diligence that you've done. I feel the same way kind of about my industry. So it makes me ask, how do we as pregnant people or postpartum people filter out um, the people who are qualified to help us and, and actually understand our bodies versus the people who don't? That is a great question and also a very tricky question. Um, first and foremost, if you're working with um, either a personal trainer or group fitness instructor or anyone really, I would just make sure that they have the necessary certifications um, because being a personal trainer uh, gives you a very broad knowledge of training. Um, but it's very important to make sure that the person who's training you, if, you're, if we're talking about fitness, um, is qualified and has additional 
credentials that they that they meet and um so you know your regular certification for personal training is not going to go so far in depth about pre and postnatal so just making sure that the person that you're working with as far as an exercise specialist has ex um you know extra or additional certifications that cover pre and postnatal um and but you know sometimes it can be still very tricky because doctors who you know, have so much knowledge and have gone through so much schooling and, and we all go see our doctors and trust everything that they say, to be honest, they also don't receive so much education in exercise um, or nutrition. And so some of the information that they're giving is also outdated. So I think the best information, the best um, advice I can give there is to sometimes it's, difficult, but you have to dig a little deeper or ask, be open to asking questions. Um, for example, my nurse in my prenatal appointment one time told me, you know, keep my heart rate below 140 and that I shouldn't um, be exercising with a heart rate above 140. Now that's a very outdated statement and it's a very blanket statement. And so my question to her was, why why that number and why because there's there's books that i've read and research that i've done that can really negate all of that and so you know based on and i won't go too far into detail but you know just a couple things that would make that statement untrue is a based on your previous fitness level it can your heart rate your resting heart rate your target heart rate your maximum heart rate can be 10 to 30 beats per minute different from somebody right next to you at the same age, just based on your, your fitness level versus her fitness level. Um, your own heart rate can change on a daily basis just based on what you've eaten, how much sleep you've gotten, your stress levels. So, you know, one day you may have a target heart rate or a maximum heart rate of something that's different from another day. Um, also, women's background, our um, genetics, our ethnicity, our age, these are all things that play a role in our heart rates. And so to tell every single woman, regardless of their age or their background, that they shouldn't get their heart rate above 140 is very misleading and inaccurate. And so it's difficult because sometimes you don't find information like that unless you're really looking for it. So I think... Um, you know, asking questions, just making sure that you're working with people who are certified in the field. Um, those are good places to start. And then, you know, just being open to digging a little deeper if something doesn't feel right. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Um, I love, love, love that. Way. Um, everything that you said. Oh, God, hang on. Oh my gosh, I love, love, love what you said about, um, you know, question everything. Ask your doctor questions, ask your nurse questions. When they give you these suggestions, make sure that it's not exactly what you said, a blanket statement. Make sure that you are taking into account your specific body and background. And yeah, in this, in this case, you know, your um, history of exercise, but in pregnancy, your history of everything, your history of eating dairy, your history of, um, you know, reactions to certain medicines, your history of hearing certain phrases in birth, like, don't be afraid to look back and then use that as, I don't know, as 
um, a way to ask these questions to make sure that the care that you're getting is, is aligned to you. Gosh, I love it. Okay, and then you also talked about um, the differences in like your blood pressure and stuff, the higher uh, volume of blood that you have during pregnancy, I'm sure is going to impact um, someone's heart rate. Um, you know, I think you, you hit beautifully that every single person has these individual factors and it's not just, um, you know, it's not just in the medicine room or in the, in the medical room, but you have to think about it in pregnancy as well. Okay. So that leads me to, all the things that are myths out there talking about 140 beats per minute, you know, like don't even, if that's a slow walk for you, you cannot even jog, you know, that it just feels unreasonable. So when we talk about myths, what are the top couple myths that come to your mind when it comes to exercising in pregnancy? Yeah. So, um, that's a huge one. You know, the heart rate also, um, you know, not being able to work your core. So, Yes, it's true that we shouldn't be doing many different core exercises during pregnancy, like sit-ups, crunches, twisting. Um, that is true, um, but there's still many other ways that we can work our core. Um, so with my pre- and postnatal clients, we do a lot of core activation and breathing techniques that keep their core super strong. Um, we also do different exercises that's going to work their core through balance, stabilization, um, unilateral movements, all of these things can still work your core, will hit your obliques, um, but we won't do the things that will put your belly in danger of diastasis recti or diastasis recti, however you'd like to um, pronounce it. But it, there's, it's still so important to work your core during pregnancy. Um, so that's one myth. Um, and then also um, some people say that you, you know, you shouldn't be lifting more than a certain amount of weight. You know, some people say you shouldn't lift more than five to 10 pounds or, you know, 15 pounds. So I'm not sure where people get certain numbers from, but based on somebody's muscle mass, that's going to be very different. So I never say, you know, don't lift more than this weight. I usually say don't lift less than eight reps. You know, so if you're working with a, a weight, you know, if you're doing a workout at a gym um, or with a trainer and you're lifting so heavy where you can't lift more than eight repetitions of something, that's probably a little bit too heavy. So I usually say work with a weight that feels challenging, but doable where your, your form is not compromised and you should be able to get at least 10 repetitions or more of something that'll keep you in the still muscle building, but also just the overall strength and maintenance um, and endurance rather than, you know, that heavy hypertrophy um, kind of zone there. Yeah. And another myth is, you know, some women, their doctors have said they shouldn't start anything new. So if they weren't doing something before pregnancy, they shouldn't do it after um, or they shouldn't do it during rather. Um, and that's not necessarily true. I certainly wouldn't start any contact sports or even really continue with many contact sports. Um, however, 
if you've never strength trained before in the past, it's okay to start as long as we're not doing super complex movements, super high intensity movements, but you're squatting all day long from sitting in, in and out of chairs. You're doing bicep curls all day long from lifting bags of groceries. So there's no reason why we can't do these things in a controlled environment called the gym. Um, and it's even more, you know, it's even more important when you're doing it at a gym because you can do it with a personal trainer where they're watching your form. They're making sure you're moving properly rather than doing something with poor form. So I'd say it's okay to start an exercise routine during pregnancy. Even if you haven't done one before, it's going to help you get stronger throughout your pregnancy and prepare you for labor better than if you were to not do anything at all. Um, so that's a big one that I like to, to discuss with my clients. Um, another one kind of on that same topic is many doctors have said, um, you know, if you were doing it before, it's okay to continue now. So, you know, as long, you know, as long as you feel good, keep doing what you're doing. And kind of how I talked about that in the beginning of our chat was, you know, it is important to continue working out during pregnancy, but many times people think that if, as long as they were doing it before, it's okay to continue doing during, and some things are just not okay. Um, it's important to make sure that we're, you know, assessing our core and cutting out the sit-ups, crunches, or twisting that can lead to the diastasis recti. It's also important to make sure we're doing things a little bit more in a stable environment. Um, you know, the relaxing hormone in your body that loosens up all your joints and your ligaments is going to make it so that, you know, if you are a skier or if you are, you know, somebody who likes to do um, a little bit more of like an intense kind of activity, these are things that can lead to injury, even if you've been doing them your entire life. I do have a few clients who have, um, you know, either torn ACL or pulled muscles in their groins because they're doing these movements in an unstable environment just because, and they're, and they're very good and experienced at what they do. But with that relaxing hormone in our body and, and things changing so much, it's not necessarily okay to continue doing things throughout your entire pregnancy just because you've done them before. Um, so that, I would say those are kind of the number, um, you know, four, number five myths that I've, I've seen on a regular basis. Okay, so one of the things that stuck out to me that you just said is um, like endurance and, and, you know, strength training. It seems like when pregnant people get pregnant, they're like, oh, I'm so tired. I can't imagine doing that kind of stuff. But you're about to go through labor. Like you need endurance. You need strength training. Now we share quite a few clients. I get to actually see your work pay off in the birth room. And I can tell you it actually does make these women have so much easier labors. Um, they're so much more apt to be able to handle the endurance piece, right? The strength piece that's required for labor. Um, okay, so to talk just a little bit, what are some safe and effective core exercises that expecting moms can do during pregnancy and why should we do these things? Like what part of pregnancy does these things help with? Yeah, absolutely. And just to kind of... Um you know, finish the comment that you had just made. And um, I really agree with you. Like, you know, people wouldn't just go out and run a marathon without training for it. You know, people train months for a marathon and a marathon, you know, for an average person lasts what, four to five hours, but the average labor can last 24 hours. So it is really important that we are training, you know, and, and getting our bodies and our endurance up for it. Um, so some of the things that I'd recommend doing, um, as far as safe core exercises, I like to do, um, 
I like to do unilateral movements. Now that's when you're holding a dumbbell on one side. So you may do a squat and press rather than holding two dumbbells, you're holding one dumbbell. And that weight that you're holding will offset your balance just a little bit. We don't want to do anything because your balance is compromised during pregnancy. We want to make sure you're in a stable environment. We don't want to do anything like too crazy, but just holding a weight on one side rather than on both sides is going to require you to engage your core and activate your core, even if we're not doing a core exercise. So a squat and press is awesome because we're working your leg muscles. You're going to need your leg muscles a lot when you're, um, when you're in labor. It's working your core from stabilizing that single dumbbell. And then it's working your arms with that press. So now we're getting your arms strong to be holding a baby because those babies grow fast. <laughs> and it gets your heart rate up as well because we're using a couple different muscles at one time. So a, a single arm squat and press, I love that exercise. Um, I also love doing um, like a lateral lunge. So that's a movement to the like a lunge off to the side when you're stepping to either the left or the right. That again will require you to use your core a little bit. It's also working your leg muscles. And then if you wanna add an arm exercise in there, you can add an arm exercise along with it as well. Um, so there's a couple different movements like that that I love doing with my clients. Some other core stuff that I do a lot, like I mentioned um, briefly was different activation and breathing techniques. So diaphragmatic breathing and transverse abdominus activations are my two like, Always, always we do them during our warmups and I encourage women to do them on a daily basis throughout the day, but I always incorporate them into the warmups because I want to make sure that they're doing them and it helps activate their core and work their core, getting us ready as part of our warmup. So the diaphragmatic breathing, I love because it gets nutrients to the fetus fastest if you're pregnant. And then for everybody else, there's so many benefits, even men, um, people who aren't pregnant, people should be breathing through their bellies rather than their chest. Um, but oftentimes we kind of keep all of our breathing in our chest. But when we can keep it to our diaphragm, those nice deep belly breathing, we can get rid of toxins in our body. We can keep our core super strong, alleviate lower back pain. So those are some of the top um, benefits of diaphragmatic breathing. And then the transverse abdominus activations, these are your deepest core muscles. So it's just really an activation that we do to keep your deep core muscles strong. It's something that you should be activating before doing like bicycle crunches or sit-ups, but oftentimes many people don't even know how to act properly activate these core muscles. And they're just going through the motions, doing these sit-ups, crunches, and twisting, and they're not actually getting the benefits from it. So I cut out the, you know, the pressure and the contracting motion, and I just have them activate that muscle from just, a, just talking them through how to activate it. And that shows and proves so many different benefits behind keeping your core super strong. It helps keep your um, core intact and helps keep it um, strong throughout labor, prevent or decrease diastasis recti, um, and then get it strong afterwards. So those are a couple that I really love doing. Okay, so I have a couple notes here because that was amazing and spoke literally right to my heart because um, you started off talking about the lateral lunge. We use that in labor sometimes. Um, so if you already know how to do it safely, um, you know, keeping your, your knees and your ankles and your hips and your lower back and your neck, all of that safe while we're doing this. Um, 
That's amazing. I love to hear that if people already have awareness of their body going into labor. Also, the breathing. Hello, duh. You don't need any sort of certification to realize that learning breathing techniques before you you go into labor are at least how to be aware of your breath so that when you get into labor, um, you you are coachable or you can figure out your breath uh, pretty easily because you are already that aware of it. Um, And then finally, talking to my real heart here <laughs> activating those core muscles i think it goes back to to prepping for labor you know i step people through how to push with their body activating certain muscles in their core however sometimes people really struggle with conceptualizing how to activate certain muscles so i think that i actually think now kind of live as we're recording this that I see so much success in the people that we share because they, they're easily coachable once they get to me. I can tell them what muscles to activate. And it's it's the same thing in the birth room. However, caveat here, big asterisk, we got to stop telling people to push like they're taking a poop because when they come in educated from you, from me, from other people doing this good juicy work, we're tripping them up because you and I and the other people have taught them how to actually use their body and we got providers out there who are saying, push with your butt muscles, right? Yeah. And these people are like, but but I know all the, like, wait, I have so many more than just down there. I can do this in a better, more effective way based on how my body was designed. So, oh my God. Yeah. I'm and just that's... really geeked out there, but that was really good. <laughs> good. I love it. I mean, I love that you are somebody who is not, you know, you're not a personal trainer, but you understand the importance of all of this and you can share this with your clients. So even if your clients don't have never even met me or ever worked with me, they're still getting so much value from you from that kind of exercise and physical standpoint too, because they are, they kind of go hand in hand together. Um, And many women either don't have the resources or they just don't even know like specialized pre and postnatal ex- like exercise specialists exist. And so I'm so happy that you can also, you know, help women um, so much that way. And then just to, you know, quickly just share, like, Ad, I have a friend who recently had a baby and was told push like you're taking a poop. And that's what they kept saying to her. And she ended up with hemorrhoids. And it was like a very traumatic labor yeah. for her. And I just felt like talking about having these resources. I just wish she had somebody like you um, to help her through that because, um, unfortunately she, I, I feel like she had a, you know, a, a more difficult and, um, labor and recovery because of that. Yeah. We really just have to think about, you know, the language that we use. And I think that phrase works for a lot of people. And for that, you know what I always say, if that phrase worked for you, I wonder how much more efficient you would have been if you knew truly how to push with your body and truly how to activate the proper muscles. Like if push taking, if, if push like you're taking a poo worked for you, just imagine how fast you could have done it. You know, gosh, it just, (laughs) yeah, it just, it really just, it makes me wonder. Um, okay. So we talk about two, or you had just talked about um, distal breathing. Now, I know this is something that people can start to do pretty soon after postpartum, but for some people who do have this background of um, maybe being like a, 
almost a super athlete, especially compared to me. So you guys, I just started going to spin class and I'm struggling. Uh, I, I have to like ride myself with a nap when I get home to get myself there, but I'm doing it. So if someone's the exact opposite of me and they're like, look, I, I really don't want to sit still for all this time to wait for that doctor to clear me, what can they do to ease back into postpartum stuff that's going to be easy on their body, but also give them the peace of mind? Um, and then when you do get that clearance, where do you start? Yeah, these are so great. Um, there are so many times I, I hear these questions from my clients and from friends and, and people all of the time. Um, so there's a couple things that I have to say to that. Um, one is part of it is a restructure of the mindset. I know it can be hard for those kind of super athletes to, to take six weeks or mo maybe slightly more off if they, um, if they have other things that have come up during their labor or delivery. Um, so, it, so it can be very difficult to wait. But part of it, like I said, restructure that mindset, really focus on taking care of you and your baby. This is such an important time for healing and it's necessary. So it is so necessary for your body to get that proper healing time. Otherwise we can end up injuring ourselves more later. And so sometimes, like I said, people who don't have proper education on how to ease back into it, they oftentimes feel like, you know, I didn't do anything during my pregnancy or, you know, I wasn't sure what to do. And now I got the clear to work out. I am going to jump back in and I'm going to get my body back and I'm fully motivated and I'm ready to go. And women who don't have the right education behind it, but are super um, motivated and they want to jump right back into it. That's who oftentimes ends up getting more injured. So a couple of things that I have to say about all of this. <laughs> so as far as what you can do before you get the clearance to work out, I always say those diaphragmatic breathing, the transverse abdominus activations, these are things that you can do even a couple of days postpartum in the hospital bed if you are you know, even still at the hospital. You can do them all the time throughout the whole day. And it's going to help keep your stress levels down. It's going to help get rid of toxins in your body. It's going to help keep your core super strong. Kegels are still so important. I didn't mention them beforehand as part of a core workout, but your pelvic floor is part of your core. And, and oftentimes people don't realize that. Um, so your core and pelvic floor are so closely tied to each other. You should be doing Kegels if they're right for you. Now, Kegels are it's kind of a buzzword. And so some people are like, do your Kegels, do your Kegels. And sometimes they're not right for everybody. So that's a um, little bit of a separate topic. But, you know, if you're feeling, you know, pain with sex or strain going to the bathroom, then Kegels may not be right for you. If you have a tight pelvic floor, what's important is going to be relaxing that pelvic floor and diaphragmatic breathing can help with that. Um, but if you are experiencing leakage, um, bladder incontinence, then it is important to continue doing Kegels even in that fourth trimester or, you know, postpartum until we heal that. So I would um, continue doing the diaphragmatic breathing, transverse abdominus activations, Kegels, and then light walking is very important. Um, however, light walking. So I usually have women start with like a 10 minute you know, stroll around the block. So when you're feeling up and ready to move around, it, it is good and you should get up and move around. Um, it's going to help with circulating your blood, um, preventing any blood clots. It's going to help your mood and your energy levels. Um, it's going to help alleviate pains and aches in your body. But I do know people who didn't get the clear yet to work out, but they were, you know, cleared to walk and, you know, 
went outside the first couple weeks postpartum for a two to three mile walk and then ended up back at the doctor's office because she strained her C-section scars or she, you know, did too much and started bleeding a little bit more. And so it's important, like I said, to start with a stroll, 10 to 15 minutes, maybe around the block. And then each week add five to 10 minutes on your walk until you're feeling comfortable and confident in walking a little bit further. Um, so those are a few things. You can also start with some light stretching or foam rolling, just to, like I said, um, increase circulation throughout your body, get rid of some aches and pains. Um, some chest stretches are because we're gonna be hunched over breastfeeding and bottle feeding for large portions of the day. Our front gets very tight. And so maybe finding a doorway where you can do a chest stretch, couple different stretches in your legs. Those are gonna be very helpful. And then um, once you get that clear, how to ease back into it. I always treat a trimester four, that kind of 12 week postpartum as a trimester three. So almost like you're still pregnant. You still have all these hormones in your body. Your body's still recovering. Your core and pelvic floor just went through so much trauma that yes, it's important to start moving and, and becoming stronger and get, getting your strength back. So, you know, I, I like to start with squats and rows and bicep curls and and i do like to start you know getting you back into your fitness but i'm always super careful with the core and pelvic floor for the first 12 weeks at least and it could be longer there's no like you know it's 10 weeks or it's 12 weeks you can start doing your sit-ups or crunches again i usually around the end of the fourth trimester i usually have either I will, or I'll have my client do it, um, assess herself or see a pelvic floor physical therapist who can assess her core for the ab separation called diastasis recti, you know, and if she has it, then we need to make sure that we're still taking care of it and healing it rather than just jumping back into our routine. Um, if you're experiencing bladder incontinence or leakage, I would not start running. Um, but it's okay. You know, maybe by like 10 to 12 weeks when you're starting to feel better, Start with, you know, a 30 second jog or a 20 second jog, see how that feels, assess your body, assess, you know, your pain levels. And then, like I said, either you can increase it or step back based on where you are in your healing process. So there's no, and we talked about blanket statements, there's no easy, you know, you've reached this amount of weeks postpartum, you can start doing everything over again. Um, but you should, you know, whether you had a routine vaginal delivery or a C-section, I usually don't have clients doing sit-ups, crunches, or twisting for the first 12 weeks postpartum anyway. And like we said, you can activate your transverse abdominis and work those deep core muscles without even doing the sit-ups and crunches, you know, sit-ups and crunches are not going to give you a necessarily strong core or six pack abs overnight. So like, why, why rush into doing these? Um, so those are kind of like my biggest kind of pieces of advice for people who are, you know, either looking to start moving in the first six weeks postpartum, or, you know, once they get that clear, how they can start easing back into a workout program. And I usually um, always recommend, I wouldn't say usually, I always recommend my clients seeing a pelvic floor physical therapist at some point, either during their pregnancy and once postpartum, maybe more if you need it, but I always like once during pregnancy and once postpartum, just to make sure that everything is healing and, um, and that you're doing everything the proper way. You know, oftentimes for that six week post-op appointment, doctors won't assess your core. They don't always assess your pelvic floor. They usually look at you and say, okay, you're good to work out. And then you just go back into working out. Um, and so especially now 
you know, with COVID, a lot of our appointments being virtual, sometimes the six week post-op appointment, you're not even seeing your doctor in person. Um, so I do work closely with um, physical therapists. And I think it's such an important thing to see. Um, and in, you know, America, we don't harp on it as much as they do in Europe. You know, people have their physical therapy as part of their postpartum care that's provided for them through insurance. Unfortunately, a lot of us don't have that um, you know, luxury, but it's still important, you know, to make that appointment with a physical therapist and just make sure everything is healing properly. I could not agree more. Same on the sentiment of, um, suggesting everybody postpartum go see a PFPT, even if it's just to hear like, Hey, everything is actually perfect. I don't need to see you again. Amazing. That's yeah. like the best, right? You're actually going in there with the hope that they say, good, you're like, actually, you actually are cleared, right? Um, because I think you, you do a good point. It's funny that our clearance comes with um, not much of a mental health check-in. Um, it's varied on whether you get a physical exam. It's probably even varied further on what those providers are searching for and use as criteria to clear people. Um, yeah, Women's Health has a lot of uh, places we could do better. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I do want to circle back to you using the marathon as, a, um, as an example. I, too, use that as an example. And you talked about resting after postpartum and, like, you know, really wrapping your mindset around this is a time for my body to heal our marathoners you guys you don't run on your rest day do you not take your rest day yes you do take this rest day and it just happens to be that your rest day is a couple weeks is six weeks until you can like get back into the gym you know um or until you, you can get that clearance and take that time for your body to heal totally um gosh i love it and i did not even think about chest stretches for, um, you know, feeding your baby, but I totally hear you because after I do long stints at homes doing bottle feeding, I too come home and I'm like, wow, my upper chest is hurting a little bit, um, or my upper back, sorry, is hurting a little bit. So that makes so much sense. And then you mentioned C-section, um, mamas briefly there, but any modifications that these mamas need to know about or these, um, parents need to know about? Yeah, so as far as your healing and then recovering from a C-section, it is going to be a little bit longer and maybe a little bit more intense um, than a vaginal, but I still like to give both with very kind of cautious and conservative recommendations. Um, but yes, when you're recovering from a C-section, you have that incision on your belly that really needs that time to heal. And so sometimes you may not get the clear to work out until eight weeks um, postpartum. And also it depends, was it a planned C-section or not? If it was an unplanned C-section and you're recovering from the vaginal pushing followed by a C-section, you may not feel your best um, versus somebody who had a scheduled planned C-section who went in there, you know, just for their operation. And so they're only kind of healing one part of their body. Um, so for everybody who's healing from a C-section, uh, still I would recommend doing the diaphragmatic breathing, the transverse abdominus activations, possibly Kegels. Um, but as far as light walking, you may even want to ease back into that a little bit 
um, more cautiously and then lifting as as well they're going to tell you that you should not be lifting anything heavier than your baby for the first you know maybe six weeks maybe even longer um, so just be very cautious of your the weight that you're holding and then going up and down stairs so i actually live um, on a three-floor house so i had a scheduled c-section because my son was breech i had set up a changing station on every single floor and my plan in the beginning before i had my son was i am going to gather my things from my bedroom you know in the morning and then we're going to come down to the living room and spend the majority in the living room and kitchen throughout the day so that i didn't have to be doing up and down the stairs all day long so i made sure that we had what we needed and then asking for help if you need it but you definitely want to make sure that you're going easy on the lifting as in and overhead lifting nothing like super heavy overhead lifting um the C-section recovery is going to be very similar like if you had diastasis recti. So we just want to make sure that we're very gentle on that core um, with the weight that we're holding, pressing weights overhead. That's going to put pressure on our core as well, even if it's not an ab exercise. Um, and then once your incisions heal, it's so important to start massaging out that scar. You know, a lot of times because it's a very discreet scar location, it's underneath our um, underwear line. You can't see it. Sometimes women are often like, eh, I don't care to put scar cream on it. I don't care what it looks like. It's not about the look. It's about breaking up that scar tissue so that no adhesions form. And that's the stuff that if we have scar tissue form and it builds up and it stays there, it can lead to a lot of things like um, decreased range of motion, it can lead to hindering our athletic performance. It can lead to complications with future pregnancies or future surgeries. And so we want to make sure that as soon as that those um, incisions heal, that we're massaging it out. And so a public floor physical therapist um, or maybe even a, phys a personal trainer can help with that, but definitely a physical therapist will be able to help with that. Um, so those would be my recommendations for a C-section um, recovery. Um, I love that you mentioned massaging that scar. It's something that we talk about in the birth launch because it, it can impact future births too, right? Um, if you are trying for a VBAC in, in a future birth, that scar, I've seen it actually stop babies. So we really do need to pay very special attention. Um, we actually have a very different track that we put people on in um, within Tranquility by He He. And the, the birth launch has information on it. Um, but our VBAC mamas go through a different track because we do have to treat that very differently. So I love, love that you talk about that. Okay. And I can't, um, I can't let you go. I know we're wrapping up, but I can't let you go um, before asking you this final question because I get it all the time. And honestly, I don't know how to answer it. What do you say about belly bands after birth? Right. I, I, I often hear people like, I want something that's going to hold me snug in. And sometimes it's for cosmetics and sometimes it is for um, the feeling that, you know, you do feel loose down there. You do feel like, you know, something is missing. Your uterus is still kind of really big from having a baby and in the process of shrinking down. Um, what do you, what do you think about belly bands and what do you say to people? What is your advice on belly bands? Yeah, so I would say they can be helpful, but they're not the end-all be-all. So during pregnancy too, um, some people who may have round ligament pain or lower back pain, the belly band can help take the pressure off of their pelvic floor and hold their belly up. And so that can be very helpful, especially even if they're just wearing it during their workouts, can be helpful. And so if somebody is complaining a lot about either 
you know, pressure or around ligament pain or lower back pain, I say, you know what, try a belly band. It can help. As far as recovery wise, there's postpartum belly bands that people will wear to try to get their belly tighter or try to get their belly back or whatever. I say it's not going to, just the belly band is not going to heal you and, and help get rid of all of that. But it may help trigger your mind to activating your core and moving properly. So if you have a band that's wrapped around your belly and you're going to get up and down, it will probably remind you that, all right, it's time to draw my belly button up and in. It's time to activate my transverse abdominis. And so it requires you, it just triggers your mind to, to activate your core the right way when it comes to moving. Because in my training too, I'm not just teaching you how to work your core during our workouts, I'm teaching you how to get up and down off of the floor the right way. I'm teaching you how to get out of a chair the right way because so many times people will not work out throughout their entire pregnancy but still end up with diastasis recti and they say, well, how? I didn't do any ab exercises. I didn't do any exercises. I said, well, how are you moving throughout your day? Because that type of movement can even lead to different injuries and things. So the belly band can definitely help with just making sure that you're moving the right way as a reminder. It can help um, take some of the pressure off the lower back. Um, as far as, you know, like I said, being the end all be all, it's not going to be a cure. So it can be helpful, but I usually don't, I'm not, I, I don't tell my clients you have to buy one by any means. I did have a belly band um, during my C-section recovery just to try to hold my, um, my core in a little bit more. Um, but I don't, I can't say it was, <laughs> it was a lifeline for me. Sure. I think, um, you know, I think people are often just wondering, is it a good choice for me? However, I do love that, that CBT, that cognitive behavioral therapy piece in there of it, it serves as a physical trigger. Um, and then eventually you'll be able to take away that belly band. And every time you get up and down, you have learned or conditioned yourself to activate those muscles. Yeah. Oh man. I love it so, so much. That's awesome. All right, Kayla, thank you so much for joining me. This was such a helpful conversation. I feel like I already had a an okay knowledge. I wasn't, I'm not going to say a, a good base knowledge, but I had an okay knowledge of this and I learned so much. So I think anyone listening to this is really going to walk with, away with so much knowledge. Now, if anybody wanted to work with us, what are some services that you offer and how can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun and I feel like I could talk for hours about it. So if anyone wants to just reach out to me and ask me more questions, I <laughs> feel like there's still so much that is going through my mind that I'm like, oh, I could talk about this and this and this. So uh, it was so much fun and thank you. Um, as far as how people can work with me, I do work with clients one-on-one -on -one, um, in person or virtually now that you know people are taking many um, options to virtual. And then also I have these, um, it's kind of a hybrid approach. I have a program for my prenatal mamas called the ideal pregnancy and then a program called beyond the bump. So this is a hybrid approach between one-on-one -on -one training and coaching and also group training. So it offers you so much accountability, so much education on how to prepare you, whether you're pregnant, you're in a group of other moms that are all pregnant alongside of you. It's a awesome team. And then if you're postpartum, we 
take you in whenever you get that clear to work out or whenever you're ready to start. Um, they're 12 week programs. They're so much fun. Those are all virtual. So regardless of where you are, we can work together. Um, and then also, um, you know, I have some programs that people can do at home on their own if they decide that, you know, they don't need the constant accountability or the personalization from a coach, but they do need some direction on safe, effective workouts. I have those options as well. So you can learn about those on my website, which is yourfitmom.com, Y-O-U-R fitmom. And if you go to my website, you can actually get a free um, trial of each of each workout. So you can either get a prenatal or a postnatal workout to full length video you can do alongside of. So if you're, whether you're pregnant or postpartum, you can go there and get a free workout, you know, having that confidence that it's safe and effective. And so you can get a kind of taste of what my workouts look like. Um, you can also find me on Instagram. That's where I hang out all day long. I love Instagram. So my handle is at Kayla underscore Mayer, M-E-H-R underscore. So it's just my name with underscores in between. And um, that's it. Yeah, you can check it. You can get my email from either Instagram or my website. Um, but feel free to message me, ask me any questions. And like I said, I love to talk about this stuff all day long. So. And you guys, Kayla is in the experts lounge in the birth lounge talking more in depth, obviously, with our members about how to heal and restore your core after pregnancy and she touches on how to safely kind of prepare for your pregnancy as well so if you want to get your hands on um that join the birth lounge you guys oh my goodness this is such a good conversation kayla i'm so thankful that you joined me today i know that this episode is going to help so many people really understand um hopefully debunk some of those myths, but also understand the importance of working out pre-pregnancy, during pregnancy, and then also in postpartum so that you can really support your body, um, you know, throughout that whole process, but also for future children, for future pregnancies and future births. All right, you guys, thank you so, so much for hanging out with Kayla and I today. Happy Tuesday. I will see you guys on Friday for another episode of Friday free talk. Until then, take care. Thank you. Hey there. Before you go, I want to let you know who made today's episode possible. Today's episode is brought to you by Primally Pure. Now, you know, I've been striving to switch to a totally green lifestyle, and it's hard. It takes time. But I'll tell you one thing that I did instantly. And matter of fact, it's the first thing I recommend to people who are trying to balance their hormones, get pregnant, stay pregnant, people who are pregnant, or people who are nursing. Changing your skincare routine is everything. You need to be organic and toxic-free. For me, I made the switch to all-natural product skincare three years ago, and my complete routine comes from Primally Pure. I use their clarifying serum in the complexion mist in the morning. I cleanse each night with the cleansing oil, moisturize in the evenings with the fancy face serum, I also use their lotion and deodorant and dry shampoo. They even have a baby line that we gift to all of our clients because what better products for your newborn than all natural butt balm, baby oil, baby powder, baby soap. They've offered our people 10% on your first purchase. You can use the code HEHE10, 
to take advantage of this awesome savings. That's H-E-H-E-1-0. If there's ever a time to make a switch, it's when you're wishing for growing or nursing a tiny human. Visit primallypure.com and save with the code HEHE10. But proceed with caution because it is totally addicting. I'm warning you now. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I truly do value this community and I love hanging out with you. If you found today's episode helpful, share it with a friend. Share it with someone who might also find this information helpful. I'd love to hear what you have to say and read your sweet words on iTunes. You can leave us a review and this helps get this information into the hands of parents who might also benefit from hearing it. If you're interested in joining The Birth Lounge, you can go to thebirthlounge.com. Our blog is linked there. You can find all sorts of free information as well as how to get your access to The Birth Lounge. You can always hang out with me on Instagram as well, at Tranquility by Hehe. Until then, stay educated, stay supported, stay confident. Hey there, just a friendly reminder that nothing in this podcast is to be used as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult your healthcare provider with any questions or concerns you have about your health or anything discussed in this podcast. Side effects may include educated adults, informed decision-making skills, and consensual care. Tranquility by Hehe and the Birth Lounge are not responsible for any ideal births that were created with this podcast. The birth parent deserves all the credit.